Join us each week as Andrew, Ray, and others bring us in on one of their weekly phone conversations with an amazing agent. This is Little Oak Weekly. Okay. Good morning, everybody. This morning, I have the unique pleasure of getting to talk with Stan Weeb. Stan is uh, certainly somebody that I would consider to be, uh, or to have been, and to continue to be a, a, a mentor in my life and somebody who I really looked up to for uh, for many years in the industry. So um, it's awesome that I'm going to get to chat with him, and uh, I'm sure we'll Stan will have some very worthwhile things to say um, as, as he never fails to have, a, have an opinion on a variety of topics on real estate, uh, an opinion that I very much appreciate. So let's dial him up and look forward to chatting here. Good morning, Andrew. Hey, my friend, how are you? I'm very good. I have, uh, I have already introed to the world who I'm going to be talking to, but, uh, so I don't, I don't need to say good morning, Stan. I just say my friend. <laughs> Thank you. I consider you my friend for sure. Um, I just need to do some audio checking here. Can you maybe, uh, I don't know, tell me what you ate for dinner or had for breakfast last night? Uh, for breakfast, had pretty much my normal uh, combination of uh, mini wheats, Cheerios, and bran flakes. Mini, and, say uh, that again, mini wheats, Cheerios, uh, and bran flakes? Yeah, just uh, a little bit of each. Um, just uh, it, call it my, my breakfast combo platter. You know, okay. um, it, it, it works. Um, it, uh, little bit, a little bit of crunchy, a little bit of sweet. Is that an, just like me? Is that an, <laughs> is that an everyday thing or what? Uh, pretty much normal thing. Yeah. Sometimes, oh. uh, sometimes a good bowl of oatmeal. Yeah. How long have you done that for? Um, oh, for as long as I can remember, really? um, you know, used to just do the, the whole wheat cher- Cheerios and, uh, sort of add it along, along the way. Uh, my wife does much the same thing. So it's uh, pretty pretty simple and painless. Cool. Have breakfast have breakfast together every day. Nice. Our volumes are uh, our volumes are set. Neither one of us is is peaking too badly, so we should be good to go. Perfect. So what's going on in uh, in your life this week in terms of uh, real estate listings, buyers, sellers? What does it What does it look like for you? Um, January has been busier than I had last year. Last year was a, a decidedly slower year than I've had over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and just probably the cycle of kind of what my own life was going through, as well as um, the cycle of the repeat cost customers that I have, that if they're kind of freaked out by COVID and everything, they're going to, they're a little on the conservative side. So they're going to, they're going to back off. Mm-hmm. And um, my calls then are going to be less. Um, so yeah, that's, but right now, um, like Paul and I are, are running pretty much, I was going to say as flat out as we want to be at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, so, we're signing a listing today. We're viewing another place that we're going to be listing for sure. Um, evaluating another place as or seeing another place to evaluate. I've got two people that want to write offers on things. We've got to see how we're going to compete with that. Uh, young couple, young couple, first time buyers trying to navigate the market. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it, and it's, it's funny because as soon as we turned the corner into the new year, um, it just kind of, for us, it got busier. We've been steady last year, but busy 
now in January. How you've what are you like 40, 40 some odd years? How many years have you done this now? 40, 40 and a half. I hit 40 years last the That's beginning right. of last July. Yeah. Yep. Have you seen anything like this in your time? Does this compare to anything? Um, I've seen this um, a couple of times. When I started in 1980, it was going this way. Hmm. Um, just as an example, I mean, if, if for those of you that know, you know, you know, the, the, the sort of the Clearbrook end of things, you know, a BC box on Atwater, Adair in there, you know, your basic <laughs> cardboard under those had sold in 79 for like 42, $43,000, mm-hmm. maybe 45. Um, and, um, they went the, the highest price that I can figure out for something like that within it, within by the spring of 1981 was 125. Oh my. So they tripled in two years. They, they tripled. And, um, then in about 1984 or five, I sold one to somebody else for, for 56. Wow. So we, we had, but we also had rates that started at around 10%, which I know people think is crazy. And they went during that time, they went to 24. Right. So they a little more than doubled. They a little more than doubled. I mean, there's all, all kinds of other things going on in, in the world at that time. Um, but it was, that's, that's what, what it was like when I started. You know, <laughs> rates had gone from 10, 10 or 11% to 14, 15% um, within a year. Wow. So that's how you started your career. And then, and then, that's you, always, yeah. and then you flip into the, the, the crash of all crashes in the early 80s. Yes. Uh, and then how long did that last for? Like what was until you could say like, OK, we've turned a corner. Um, probably it, it, there's probably about three years of really, really tough sledding. Um, I mean, I had good years in some of those years. Um, you know, 83 was a particularly good a good year in, in the swing of things. Um, ended up being number two in the office, actually, which was remarkable hmm. um, for the year. Um, and then 85 was OK. 86. Um, 86, I switched from a small independent company actually owned by the Nort brothers. If anybody remembers those, (laughs) um, the guy that Von Neeson works for, Uh, they owned a real estate company that I worked at for about a year and a half. And I switched in November of 85 to what was then little Oak realty led by Dirk Clausen and Don Gertz senior, Mm -hmm. amazing guys. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the next year my income doubled. Wow. So joining joining what is now Remax Little Oak Realty from one year to the next, my income doubled. Hmm. And the atmosphere in that office was electric. Um, it's it's very, very good now, but there were some really, really good years um, you know, where where it was a tight group of, of realtors. Uh, and we all kind of worked in the office. Everybody kind of knew each other. Yeah. Families came in and out. Yeah. It's a little different than it is today, but we do have an amazing atmosphere. It is it is truly um, exciting and ble- blessed to be working in the office I'm in, and mm. I'm not just blowing smoke for you. Hmm. <laughs> I know you're not a guy that blows smoke, so I know you mean that. Just as an aside, a couple of weeks ago, I had an op- I had a house for sale, and we had um, I was there for 76 showings for two days. Oh my gosh just making sure that everybody played nice in the sandbox. Sure. And um, I got to meet a wide variety of realtors. Mm-hmm. It. I went home and I said to my wife, 
I am so happy to be working, first of all, in Abbotsford, second of all, for Remax Little Oak Realty. Hmm. Wow. It's scary what you see out there. Sure. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So what are you, you mentioned you've got, um, you've got some buyers and some sellers that you're navigating with right now over the course of the next week and a half. Yeah. Do you, do you have, how are you processing this in your mind? Like, I, I, let me try to phrase the question properly. How, how are you doing in handling the pressure of that? And is there anything that you're fighting or struggling with in terms of like, whatever, anxiety, stress, feeling the weight of somebody who's maybe going to miss out on their fifth home in a row, um, like whatever comes with that. Is there anything that you're dealing with as a result? I mean, there is there is a lot of stress that goes with it. Um, I've seen this movie before, mm-hmm. maybe not to the same extent, but I've seen this movie before, and I know that it at some point it will end. Right. I remember clearly in from... Um, from 81 to 82 and there's also a stretch somewhere around 1990 where people were literally lined up outside the office waiting to buy a house or um or talk to a realtor Hmm. literally lined up outside the office and one day we came to the office and the phone wasn't ringing and there's nobody outside (laughs) It, it was literally like flipping a switch so it will stop eventually yeah and it will get back to a normal market. And then it will become, um, there's a lot of realtors that do not know how to operate in a normal market. And uh, it will separate a lot of the wheat from the chaff again mm-hmm. when it turns normal. Yeah. Like, like, we saw, like we saw in 2008, 9, and 10. Exactly. I'm looking forward to those days. Yeah. Most experienced realtors really do not like this, uh, this market for buyers. Mm-hmm. They love it for sellers. But, but most yeah, sellers have to become a buyer at some point in time, and then and then it's fun for a few days. The advice that I'm giving people is: do not even think about selling your house until you know exactly where you're going yep. and why. Yeah. Um, I was in a, a group meeting last on Friday. We had a, a real estate course on multiple offers of all things, <laughs> and one of the one of the realtors was saying, "Well, I had to take a house off the market because people, you know, had lots of people looking at their house, but they didn't know where they were going to go." Mm-hmm. I'm going, I almost screamed at him and said, why would you list a house without knowing where your sellers are going to go? Do you not feel some responsibility for that? Or are you just looking for a paycheck? Yeah, you know, that's it. So I'll, I can see both sides of the argument there. And granted, you know, I, I, uh, I maybe have thought more about this in the, in the chair I'm in now than I, than I used to. But there's a sentiment out there that you know, you're saying that because you've got your clients on board to write an offer and buy something and then list their home for sale, right? Correct. And there's there's people out there that just say, well, either I can't or I'm not willing to do that. Even if you can look at the environment and say, well, you're taking a very small risk because the likelihood of selling your property is, you know, there's a 99% chance that'll happen. But I think that's where that's coming from is there's people who are wrestling with this going, well, we still need to sell in order to buy, but that creates a whole world of hurt potentially, which is what you're alluding to. Yeah. And and that's just not a road that I would ever recommend somebody to do unless they go against what I'm telling them. Um, you know, I've got um, over somewhat over 600 names in my database, my mm-hmm. client list. Mm-hmm. That that number hasn't changed a great deal over the past years, 
I did a lot of work to build up to a great big number so I could just have a bunch of things, people to throw things at. Uh-huh. But over the years, some of those have been whittled down. Um, so I've got a pretty good group of people that, um, that I, that, that I'm in touch with on, on a semi-regular basis. And, uh, you know, they all know they can call me anytime. And a lot of them do, um, dealing with you know, the young couple buyer I'm dealing right now is, is a, the daughter of past clients and granddaughter of other past clients. Hmm. And that's just how that's a lot good of lineage, stuff, man. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a good way and, to run a database. Know, and, I, <laughs> and I know one of the great grand, I knew one of the great grandparents of before, you know, before they passed away. So it, it's, it's very deep lines of people that I deal with. And, um, you build that trust up over, over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think I, I overheard one of, I heard one of the conversations you had with another agent. You said you build up that trust over a period of time. It can be gone in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is cruel. Cause sometimes you can lose it with an honest mistake. But that's that's different than giving bad advice. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad advice will will land you in a bad spot, no matter what. And I guess you could say you deserve it if you're if you're giving it out. But I, you know, I, I do understand the um, the the challenge of trying to figure out how to do things in this market. And I, I the way I frame it to people is I say, uh, if you want to move in this market you will not be doing it stress-free. You have a choice of two stresses. You can either choose the stress of buying a home without having sold yours. And now, you know, that is a particular stress or anxiety. Or you can choose the stress of having sold your home and now have been on a clock to find a home. And um, there is no non-stress way, unless you're in a financial position where it just doesn't matter and you can do whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I find, I agree with you, like, uh, you know, I... The last time I sold someone's home where they where they were then on a clock was summer of last like you know end of summer beginning of fall so the market hadn't quite um you know started ripping I mean it was still moving but you could still do that and I haven't now done that since then yeah and I, I think that's right now it's a dangerous thing because um, some of the numbers of sales for sale prices that you come through now um you know it's just bizarre oh um yeah you could lose 10 percent just be having your cash out of the market for a month and a half you could lose 10 exactly. percent easily yeah yeah it's yeah. crazy and, uh there's there's and and again my 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 uh my talk about uh you know hoping the market will change to normal again is that any realtor that can put a sign in a yard is a hero for a weekend mm-hmm there's mm-hmm. nothing to differentiate a poorly marketed property from a well-marketed property because they're all going to sell yeah, with multiple offers. And so that realtor thinks he's a hero. He had no idea what he actually did. Now, I was that realtor many years ago. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah, we all, we all were at some point in time. Yeah. Do you think we're ever going to have uh, office tour back? No. You think it's done, eh? It's a dinosaur? I think it's a dinosaur. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up in the days of the early days of my career and I, I, I don't want to keep going back to it all, but it is. Well, that's why I like to talk to you to hear about these stories. So please don't be shy. Okay. We had, we had what was then called multiple listing tours. Yes. They still talk about them in different areas. We had an amazing multiple listing tour. We'd meet 
at like ABC restaurant or we'd meet in some, some restaurant, we'd have an upper room or something and, and you'd have toast and coffee or nothing at all. And yeah, I think it costs a buck or two to show up and, um, you know, to pay for the room. And then you just divide up into, it may be 50, 60 people there. Uh-huh. Um, there's a, there's maybe a few hundred realtors in town and you'd go to these meetings. You'd, you'd, you'd sit shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of guys. So some, some very legendary guys, some, some new people, different uh-huh. people, and um, you kind of gravitate to sort of the same people over a time. Totally. Um, and then you you get in the car with, you know, you'd have four to six people in a car all packed in there shoulder to shoulder. And you go from house to house. You go through about a dozen of them. And the talk in the car was as mo- just as important as the talk in the house, as seeing the houses. Absolutely. Because you got to know each of the realtors that when you when you had a deal with that realtor, you knew them. You'd spent time in the car with them. Um, you know, there were there were some really amazing people in our town as realtors that um, just were were tremendous um, in examples to me. And and so I miss that part of it that we don't rub shoulders with with those kind of people that can influence a lot of the younger people. I mean, I was 24 when I came into, into the business mm-hmm. and, um, you know, some of these people like for, I'll, I'll mention a couple of names like Mel Kraft yeah. just retired January 1st. I mean, Mel Kraft was a legend at that totally. point in time. Mel Kraft on the day he retired was exactly the same guy that I met in 1980. Hmm. Okay. The Vissers, you know, from century 20, yeah, so Land, century 21 yeah. office, Len and Ralph, um, and their dad, Albert, um, just quality people. You know, we talk about we talk about you know Don Gertz and uh-huh. Dirk Clausen. Those guys didn't go on MLS tour. Dirk was far too busy for that. But <laughs> um, you know, you'd ride you'd ride the car, and it was it was it was a lot of fun. Hmm. So I don't think we're going to get those those times back again, um, just because you can see so much more online. I I wrestle with this uh, topic. Uh, right now, I'll, I'll, I ask you the question because it's a real, it's a conversation in my head. So I started when I was 22 in 2003. And now in retrospect, you know, 18 years later, when I reflect, I realized that by complete default of the system, I got to sit for hours every week with you, Larry Siebert, Ron Falk, Suk Sidhu, you know, like the list goes on, right? Uh, Gary Dirksen, you know, and so there was this like mentorship that would happen without even trying to make it happen. And now um, there's absolutely like in, in the, the hunger hasn't changed in the, in the young agent or newer, younger agent right now, let's say someone who's been, you know, younger and not been around that long. They want that type of relationship, but it's just, it doesn't happen naturally anymore. No, it, it doesn't. And, you know, we're, we're connected through Zoom and through whatever, all kinds of apps and whatever. But there's just something so valuable about sitting in the presence of somebody who is, you know, a sagely wise figure. And I realize now that I got that by default um, every single week for hours. And those memories that I have of doing that are the most formative uh, memories of my career. You know, we had a you you and I sat in, in the car a lot, uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, again, you gravitate to certain people. Yeah, 
And, um, you know, I'm not going to mention some of the other names that we rode with at the time, but I, <laughs> you know, I, I particularly, I particularly, you know, just about laughed off the road one time. I was on the way to the office. And I got a call from another agent yeah. that, that called me up and said, Hey, you got to come ride with us on tour this morning. He says, well, I'll even give you the front seat. And this guy got car sick on a regular basis. Like he didn't like sitting in the back. Yeah. Says, I'll take the back seat. And I'm going, seriously? No, like, don't, don't do that for me. Like I'm just a guy. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I enjoyed those times probably as much as you did because, you know, you had that, um, that energy and that drive that, um, that I probably had at one time when I started. Hmm. And I'm not saying I'm, 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 you know, sitting there on the front porch with a rocking chair, but you know, I don't drive as hard as, you know, in the business as hard as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I probably work a lot more efficiently than I did then. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, so th- my, my challenge, one of the challenges in my brain right now um, for, for our office, I think it's a challenge in the entire industry, but for our offices, how to, you know, we've lost some natural connectivity due to evolution and the evolution of the industry. And um, people want to be a part of something and they want to be mentored and they want to be connected. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we're doing, you know, we we do whatever you can connect through zoom or whatever, but there is, there's something just, uh, you know, whatever, I don't know what word to put to it, intrinsic about being in the presence of other people. And uh, I hope that we can, somehow return to some fashion of that at some point because i don't think at least i haven't seen a way that it's been replaced with what we've got so far uh i think that we're doing the best we can with the tools we have but being in the presence of somebody is uh is in my mind better anyway and and i've had i've had numerous opportunities to um not officially mentor because it hasn't been a it has been a sort of a an organic kind of a, a switch. Um, you know, one of the, I'll mention a few names. One of the people that I, that I connected with when he first started in the real estate business was Mark Dana. Oh yeah. And, uh, Mark Dana had been my daughter-in-law's teacher at some point in time. And so he came up to me and said, Hey, I think I know you. And we, we connected. Um, and we spent a lot of time together and, and I had him and, um, and Shelly Gossett, actually, I had them on speed dial. They would, they could call me anytime, any, anywhere through the question. And they did hmm. for, for a lot, for a number of years. Yeah. Um, so I've had other ones along the way uh, that have done that. Um, and then Paul got into real estate eight years ago. And that was, that was without question, the most exciting mentorship that I've ever been involved in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was uh um i still pinch myself that i get to do that do do this with him hmm. um it, it is it is uh it, it is a blessing i got no words do you guys are you connected like are you you're basically working like a team are you talking every day about what's going on uh about 42 times a day wow it's a rare day i don't talk to him or i don't see him every day but it's a rare day that i don't text or talk to him and are you both touching all of your clients or how do you, no. how are you cutting up your work? No, we are a, um, we are two realtors that are, um, that work you know, independent realtors that work together on Got many it. occasions. Got um, um, 
we have asked whether we should be a team or not. And um, Dave Rochelle says, no, um, don't become a team. Okay. I'll, I'll listen to whatever Dave says. Um, <laughs> not, not just cause he's my, my, one of my bosses, but no, he's got wisdom. Yeah. So um, there are many occasions where Paul will be uh, involved with the, with the listing and the sale and, and the sellers. Sure. Yeah. Um, there are, times when he'll overlap with buyers with me. Um, essentially, he can't sell. Like if I take a listing that he's he's never met the people, never seen the house. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't, the way we, we, we are explained to us, he can't go and sell the house to a buyer um, because you know, we, sent, we share Dropbox. And, um, you know, it's essentially sh- sharing a brain and that he knows what I'm doing and what, who I'm doing that with. Got it. So you're not you're not actually disconnected. You could try to say you're disconnected, but you're not. Disconnected. We're not disconnected. Yeah. We are connected, but but so we don't sell each other's listings. Um, we have a partnership agreement that we have, you know, that how how everything gets structured, um, and it's changed a couple of times. It'll it'll change again. Um, Paul also looks after business for three other realtors in the office when they go away. Um, and that's probably the biggest reason why we aren't a team in that, um, you know, they rely on him, but if I, if we're a team, then I'm involved in that as well. Yeah. There's conflicts, totally conflict. Yeah. So we just, we just steered clear of that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it works, it re- works really well and it's, it's, um, it's interchangeable. Um, it allows, uh, Tilly and I to go on extended travel hmm. and, um, you know, here's, here's a, Here's a little bit of trivia. You know, um, people say, tell me something I don't know about you. Um, Tilly and I are members of what's called the All 50 Club. <laughs> okay. What's the that? All 50, the All 50 Club is for people that have been and set foot in every state oh. in the U.S. Okay. That's so, pretty cool. So between cruises and, and trips to Hawaii and, and all that and uh, a couple of road trips, we have set foot through driving in every state there is. Many of them multiple times. Where's the Where's the best? Give me that. Like, where's the best pizza piece of pizza or best hot dog or something? Uh, best pizza like was Giordano's. Meat. Give me the street meat. No, no <laughs> the, the, the best the best pizza was uh, Giordano's deep dish pizza in downtown Chicago, the original location. Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of, um, we're not, we're not really super venturesome with our, with our eating, but, um, you know, that was, you know, pizza is pretty, pretty easy. That's like a two inch deep pizza. It's a meal. Um, oh, it's a meal. Um, we, we go through, through the South. We, we love being in the South, a lot of Southern classics, a lot of Southern cooking. Like you mean like Louisiana and Mississippi, oh, yeah. all yep. that stuff? Mississippi. Yep. Um, barbecue, we, we, you want we some went, good Southern barbecue? Yeah, we went to Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, we went to the place where they film uh, Hometown, um, Ben and Aaron Napier. They have a show on HCTV. Hmm. We went down there. Um, they signed our book. We didn't actually meet them, but they signed our book. We ate, and the lunch we had there, you know, we talked about food, was Pearl's Diner in Laurel, Mississippi. Pearl's Diner, okay. Pearl's Diner, Laurel, Mississippi. Um, we drove through Augusta, Georgia got kicked out of the golf course. Um, but, uh, there's a restaurant right down the street called honey from the rock. Yeah. Um, and it's this local little hole in the wall place. You walk in, you grab your, your tray and you take your food and they, 
they charge you at the other end. You sit there with with yourself or with somebody else and have a meal. It's uh, it's amazing Southern cooking. Um, so those were those were some good times. You know, Alabama um, went past went down to the um, where Alabama Crimson Tide football team plays. Did you have you watched any college sports when you've been down there? No, no. We 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 are are kind of we did the 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 blitzing through. We never stayed a whole long time in one place. Hmm. So we didn't, you know, take in that. We were in a couple of years ago we were in Boston and uh, we walked down to uh, Fenway Park um and y- the Yankees in Boston were playing that night. Oh wow. Um we could have had tickets. You know, the concierge at the hotel could have got us tickets for like a hundred bucks a piece. Sure. But to spend four or five hours in a in 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 one place like that, um, it wasn't. It's sort of not how we travel. You like to cover ground. We cover ground. We 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 travel anywhere from two to four hours a day and um, have some meaningful experience in every state. Sure. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's but that's that's um, cool. I like that's, that. You call that fifty. You're part of the fifty and fifty. Is that what you said? No, all all fifty clubs. All fifty clubs. Every, every state. Very cool. Yeah. What, um, what's something you're a guy that you, you always have an opinion that, 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 really? that I know about you. That's one of the things I appreciate about you. Um, is there something right now in our industry that irks you or that you got a, that you got an opinion on or something you'd want to change? Oh, there's, there's always things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew I'd get you wound. Yeah, I just had to think which one. Um, <laughs> the, the one that really, the one that really irritates me and I, I posted on that a couple of times is people mislabeling a house. Hmm. Okay. How so? What there, do you mean? They, there, there's very few split entry houses listed for sale anymore. They're now a basement entry or oh, they're a two story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay? Yeah. A basement entry is now a two story. Yeah. Um, you know, like, come on. There's yeah. the houses. The house hasn't changed. You look back in the listing. The house was a basement entry for the first five times it was listed. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden that's a two story. You know, um, a split level is now a two story with a basement. Mm-hmm. Sorry, boys, didn't work that way. Um, you know, can't change it. It is what it is. And so what it does is it it muddies our data. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're doing an evaluation and you're searching for a basement entry, you're not you getting miss- clean data. Totally. You're not you're missing the ones that are labeled as a two story. Yeah. Right? And and some people label them two story and a basement entry. You know, yeah. It can't be. Actually, to your to your point, when I'm doing when I'm trying to do an evaluation on say a property built like let's say between 1970 and 1985, uh, when when you know that's the sweet spot for those homes, I will because of the pro- that problem, I will automatically search basement entry, two story and split entry because I know mm-hmm. how how muddy the data is. Otherwise you're yeah. going to miss a bunch of stuff that you need to see. Yeah, exactly. Now, to be honest, I mean to be to be fair, I mean um, they don't build split entries anymore. No. They don't build split levels anymore. No. No. Uh, Not unless so, somebody gets a weird custom idea. Whereas whereas those were those were staple product back in the day. Mhm. I lived in one for 30 years, you know, split level. So, yeah. Has the has the industry changed for the good, mostly in your time? Oh boy, you want my opinion? I'd say probably not. I want. I always want. That's what I'm talking to you. I want your opinion. I think you have valuable valuable opinions. Yeah. Uh, probably, the, and, and and here's the here's the biggest change that I've seen in my career. 
And that change was the fax machine. Mm -hmm. I know people are going, what, what, what's that? <laughs> you just dated yourself. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You know what? I was, I was, I, I, I went to BCIT from 1978 to 1980, took administrative management. And in my, um, in one of my courses, I think it was a computer course, they talked about this tool, this machine, this, this, this device where you could put a piece of paper in a photocopier in Vancouver and it would come out of a photocopier in Toronto. <laughs> and we're going, wow. Well, it was a fax machine. At first, they probably thought it was the same piece of paper, too. Someone had to figure that yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah we had, so, but here's, here's what changed. Um, early in my career, when you presented an offer and you had an offer from a buyer, you sat in the kitchen or dining room table of the house that you wrote of somebody else's listing. Mm -hmm. And there would be you, there would be the listing realtor, mm -hmm. and there would be the sellers. Yeah. And you would sit there and you would make your pitch. Yeah. And um, many times my knees were knocking under the table because mm -hmm. I'm in there with a legendary realtor. You know, I'm up against some of these big players. Yeah. And I'm writing a listing on their listing and I'm going, wow. Um, you learn so much though. Um, you also get, you also get buyer, buyers, realtors coming into your listing and totally making a fool of themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, you learn very quickly what to do and what not to do. You learn very quickly which ones you want to have write an offer on your listing and which ones you don't. Um, but that fax machine changing things, people could just fax the offer over. Oh, just go take it to your sellers. Just fax, I'll just fax it to you. Mm -hmm. And that started that change of everything was written handwritten on its on its own original piece of paper you'd cross it out you'd initial it hand it back um that sitting out in the car at 9 30 10 o'clock in the rain in january waiting for your offer to be presented because they'd kick you out while they debated it mm -hmm. and sometimes you'd sit out there for an hour while they debated mm -hmm. uh no cell phones you know no texting you'd be sitting out there listening to the canucks lose um <laughs> you know and but eventually you got tired of that, so it started getting faxed over, and then you'd be running to the office at ten o'clock to fax this this contract back to somebody. So it took that out of there. Um, you know, I'm very glad that we don't have buyers agents coming and presenting offers directly. Um, I'm not a fan of that at my this point in my well, career. Well, and it wouldn't it it wouldn't be feasible anymore either. I mean, the well, even with one offer, I don't want it. Why? No, no word of a lie. One word of no word of a lie. It wasn't. I'm recently, not saying you couple, should, but why? But, like, what, no, what do you feel? A number, a number of years ago, I had a, a condo for sale, and um, I, mean, I had lots of condos for sale. But I had a, a, a property for sale, mm -hmm. and um, the realtor comes in there with a bunch of printouts of other places that had sold, right? And listed. Yeah. And he says, you know, I don't know if Stan's been in touch with you along the way. I don't know, <laughs> you know, how how Stan does his job, but oh, you know. No. I'm, I've got some things here about the market. And I says, I'll take those. Yeah. And he says, well, can we go over them? I says, no, you can wait outside. No, well, you, I want to talk to your clients. And my clients are looking at me in this horrified look in their face, not saying anything because they're, they, they know they're not going to talk during that thing. I says, you can wait downstairs. Well, no, I just want to go over all this. I says, you can wait downstairs. Mm -hmm. And about three times I had to tell him, you can wait downstairs. And, and I vowed at that point that that was going to be a, uh, I would do whatever I could for those, for that not to happen again. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Because as soon as he walked out the door, my people said, who was that guy? Ultimately we did do the deal with him, 
But, you know, the nerve of somebody walking in, would you ever do that? Would you ever walk into a, a realtor's present, you know, listing and say, I don't know if your realtor's done his job or, or kept you up to, to date, but I know what's going on. Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's somebody who has no idea about the sales, the sales process. I, 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 I don't remember a lot of names, but I remember that one. <laughs> so, you know, I've, but I've also had really good buyers, realtors over the years come and present on my listings. And it's, it's, it's a joy and, and, a, and a blessing to have them do that. So, you yeah. know, it's not all bad, but um, the bad outweighs the good. I do feel like, um, like I, I, you know, we're, we're not in a place where it's realistic anymore for the most part, but I do feel like sometimes, especially when we're not in this environment, but if you go back to like, you know, 2000, let's say nine, 10, 11, totally different mm -hmm. environment, homes are sitting on the market for, you know, 30, 60, 90, 120 days or more. Um, depending on who, if you're representing a buyer, depending on who the listing agent is, your ability to negotiate and relay information is sometimes uh, um, capped at the ability of the listing agent or the value of their relationship with their seller. And I do feel like sometimes if a skilled buyer's agent can get in front of a seller, they can sometimes get more done than they could working through the listing agent. Um, again, it's not relevant for totally this. Agree. It's not relevant for this environment. But I do think it'll be relevant again in an environment where, you know, we got five, six percent absorption rates and everything sits on the market for months at a time. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it's not to say I don't want to go and present my own offer for a buyer. You know, um, I'll, I'll do that as many times as I can um, within reason. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, you 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 if all you're going to get is a three minute you know window to, to talk to the sellers and they're going to kick you out. Yeah. You know, it's you know, is it, is it, is it the best use of your time? Um, perhaps, perhaps not. Totally. How do you feel about the Canucks? Oh, I, I do. I, I have watched some of the games, uh, recently. Um, I don't watch as much as I used to when I had tickets. Um, yeah, you but, had seasons yeah, for a long time, right? I had seasons for about 12 years, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had seasons tickets for about 12 years and, uh, section 304, 304. What section were you? Uh, 320. Oh, 320. Yeah, I knew there was a four. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. got those tickets off you a number of times. Yeah, you had my tickets a number of years. Yeah. And I think uh, um, uh, the guy beside me that was with me, beside me for a long time, still connected with him on Facebook. Um, he sold his his out uh, to somebody locally, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, and then and then we sat next to a lot of you guys over the years. I, I sold a lot of the tickets to you guys. We then moved the last couple of years. We moved to the other end, okay. right on the blue, right on the blue line where the Canucks shoot twice. And those are the last two years we had tickets, and it was um, those were really fun because you could really see the magic of the Sedins mm -hmm. when you could watch them in the offensive zone, yep. right in front of you. Sedinery magic, totally. Oh, it was amazing, but it just got to be too much, um, you know, uh, too much fertility to get to the games and such. And you know, I'll touch on that briefly. I mean, um, no secret that Tilly has Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. um, she was diagnosed about five years ago. We were not surprised. Mm -hmm. um, she's had her health challenges over the years. She's had fibromyalgia for over 25 years. So Parkinson's has a lot of overlying 
symptoms. So it was, um, um, yeah, it was, it is what it is. That's why we did a lot of the road traveling because mm-hmm. she doesn't fly anymore. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, it changes how a person thinks hmm. it changes how you live your life. And, um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit of a, this is what I say every once in a while when I get in front of a group and we start talking about different stuff and I've got, there's some younger guys and older guys. This is not real estate life advice. This is life advice. Um, when you stand in front of the church or wherever you are with your family and friends getting married and you say, I'm going to love this lady. Hmm. And you're saying, you, you're, you're all excited. You're in your twenties. This is exciting times. Um, you don't know what life is going to give you down the road. Totally. And um, you want to make sure that when you're saying those things and agreeing to everything in front of God and the witnesses, that you are going to live that all the way through. Hmm. And uh, it is never a burden. Hmm. I, you know, it to me, it's not a burden. Without without Tilly's advice and support over the years, I would never be the successful or as successful as I am. Well, she has been my best real estate or non real estate advisor. Um, she would critique and and proofread everything that I mailed out or sent out and look at it from a non realtor perspective because we talk our own language. Uh-huh. You know, and so it would it would come out as a as a in from as as a non real estate person, you know, I, I always we always had to have that balance between what's good for a realtor, what's good for a non realtor. Hmm. But um, two of the two of the best advices she ever gave me was be yourself. You know, I'd be sweating over going up against some high powered realtor. I knew I was competing with guys like Andrew Bracewell, you know, and, and I, so I, I knew I was competing. I'd be I'd be sweating over those things, and she'd just look at me and says. Just go be yourself. Hmm. Just be yourself. If they like you, they like you. If they don't, they don't. Not your problem. Just be yourself. And the other thing was, we talked about those days when the office was buzzing and everybody was there and all those kind of stuff. And every once in a while, you get caught up in sort of office politics and you're complaining about a particular person or employee or yeah, whatever it, it can happen um, it can happen it can happen <laughs> and i'd go home and i'd be talking about this and she'd look at me and she says just go do your job yeah just do your job don't get caught up in all this side stuff like it's not a big deal just do your job so she was she has been my strongest support person for my entire well we got married two years in two years into my career Hmm. But, um, yeah, this absolutely the strongest supporter to this day. Well, it is, it is, it is. Yeah. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be here without her. Wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Amazing. Well, I can't think of a better way to cap our time together than, than what you, uh, than what you just did. That's, um, there's a lot of amazing lessons in what you just shared. And thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing that. That's obviously a huge part of your uh, of your journey and your success mm-hmm. it is thank you for thanks for calling um you know I, I i wasn't i wasn't sure if i'd ever have anything to say or not but you know oh stan <laughs> come on now <laughs> you've always got lots to say i i really uh i i really enjoyed this and as you know i've shared this with you i 
sincerely appreciate um, whatever, everything you've done for me over the years and your continued involvement in our office. And I think that, you know, hearing from guys like you with your uh, depth of experience and lineage is um, is incredibly valuable because we don't have office tour and we can't sit in the car together. Uh, my hope is that uh, a few of our younger folks listen to you talk and reflect and gain value from that. And I'm, I'm sure they will. And, you know, in, in a different in a different world, I would love to have lunch or coffee with different people. I have over the years a few times. Um, you know, I don't mind taking phone calls. I don't mind talking to people. Um, you know, um, wasn't so much the case in my early years that, you know, as a young upstart like I was, people didn't necessarily want to give you any advice other than to get out of my face. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, people want to call. I don't, I don't mind. Cool, man. Thank you so much. Thank have you, a Andrew. great day. Take care. Yeah, bye. You too. Bye. I don't know what else I need to say. That was Mr. Stan Weeb. I love that man dearly. And uh, he's such an incredible, incredible human being. And we are blessed to have him uh, as a part of our company. And as you heard, he's been a huge part of my 18-year career. And if you don't know Stan and you've never met him, uh, as you can tell in the last 45 minutes we had together, um, that man has incredible insight and value and, uh, when possible, you should certainly try to spend some time with him. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, have a great week and we will chat again soon. Bye for now.